You're listening to the Savvy Painter Podcast, episode number 297. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Savvy Painter Podcast. I'm so honored to have you here listening to me this week. Before we get started on today's episode, I wanted to give a couple of shout outs to some people who I am appreciating so much this week. So I got this message from this beautiful listener of the Savvy Painter podcast, and she said, Aloha, beautiful artist Antrice. Love your psych art mix. Mahalo, mut, lao for your gift you share. I probably just mutilated that. Sorry for anyone who actually knows how to speak Hawaiian. I have a song that you might enjoy about shooting on yourself. Hope you enjoy it. And then she sent me a link, which I will link to in this podcast episode. And I didn't see it right away. And then I saw it. And the thing you need to know is that I am the type of person that gets very obsessive about music when I really, really love some type of music. I just kind of go all in on it. Growing up in Claremont, California, we were very close to the Claremont colleges. And every single year they had this Kahootek Festival, which was just a whole bunch of bands. And it was just this thing that was a part of my life from seventh grade probably all throughout high school and into my college years. And I'm sure it's still going strong. And there's certain bands that I just love and I will just listen to over and over again. And I can, like I said, be quite obsessive about music. And I'm fairly, I love to think that I'm fairly aware of it. So Christy sends me this beautiful message and I listen to the song and I'm like, this is genius who is this band? And I start going through their music. And it is like the perfect combination of every single band that I absolutely love and adore. Like my first thought was, oh, it kind of has this Grateful Dead slash fish vibe. And then I was like, oh, but that's got this Irish thing happening on this song. And now there's like this sublime 311 thing happening. And so it's just this crazy combination of like so many very strong and happy memories for me. The Kahootek that I mentioned being one of them. Ben Harper used to play there all the time because he also was from Claremont. We went to high school together, weirdly. And I just complete like when I started, I listened to the one song and I was like, wow, this is really good. And then I started listening to more and more of them and realizing like this band has been around for a very, very long time. And every single song, I'm literally like dancing around my house, my dogs are jumping all over the place. We're causing a scene. It's about as ridiculous as you could possibly imagine it because I'm not a good dancer, first of all. And second of all, like I bounce around and like jump all over the place. So if you're ever wondering what I do when I'm alone in my house that's what I do. And when I'm painting, that's what I do. I'm bouncing all over the place. And so now I have this whole new soundtrack that I just am in love with. Not to overhype it, but Christy just completely nailed it when she said, you might like this song. How did you know? I don't know. So I messaged her back and said, oh my gosh, I love this so much. How crazy it is that I didn't know of this band. They're incredible. I'm only 11 years late to the party. Turns out... I'm not 11 years late to the party. I'm 20 years (laughs) late to the party of this band. And it's just kind of blowing my head up because I tend to find music easily. And I just can't even believe that this band has existed for 20 years and I didn't know about it. So 
Christy Elder Russell, thank you so much for introducing me to Wookiefoot, who I'm sure the rest of the world knows about, and I am just now discovering, but I am so in love with this band, and it is like the soundtrack to my life right now, because it is such beautiful, uplifting music. Love the lyrics. All of you who are already fans are like hitting your forehead and going, how did you not know? I don't know. I just didn't. But Christy, I love you. Thank you. So shout out to Christy for introducing me to Wookie Foot. And I also wanted to give a huge thank you to a couple of people who left reviews for the podcast on Apple iTunes. I am so grateful for you because you help me get the podcast out. Your reviews are part of how other people find the podcast. So I just want to give a shout out to Yaya Yay. So I also want to give a shout out to Yaya Yay who says words can't adequately describe this podcast and Therese gets to the heart of the matter while simultaneously offering a different perspective to explore, pick a subject that any artist struggles with. And that's probably presented here with more truth and love than our beautiful divergent minds can absorb in one sitting. Thank you so much. Thank you for leaving such an amazing review. And I super appreciate you. I also have one more that I want to give a shout out to and Hmm, the name is ID0P00, <laughs> who I know is a real person. Let's see. Antrice is a gift that keeps on giving. Antrice's podcast and coaching is a pivot point in my life. It has been a journey, yes, but more a moment in time when I turned towards trusting my artist. When I started listening to myself and acting on what I love as many hours in the day as I can, and Therese is blessed with a thoughtful, brilliant, kind, and loving mind. Her laser focus on what is the crux of an issue lands me where I need to be a great gift to me and many others, I am sure. All of you who listen to the podcast, you are a gift to me. I so appreciate you. You are the reason that I keep doing this. You are the reason that I get so curious and I get so passionate about this is because I truly believe that we as artists are here for a very important reason, which is we remind people of what it means to be human. And our art is, I think, first of all, a love letter to ourself. If you didn't listen to the <laughs> very first episode I did this year in January, I talk all about how I got to that place. And it truly is a love letter to I, my art is a love letter to myself. And I think that that is true for most artists I know. Often we don't recognize how powerful and important that is. And it is also a such a deep reminder of what it means to be a human in this world today. And your art matters so much more than you realize. And that is why I do this podcast. That is why I do the coaching that I do. That is why I'm so passionate about creating a space where all of us recognize that, embrace that, and bring it back into our studio. So thank you so much, Christy, yay, 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 and random group of numbers, <laughs> letters. <laughs> thank you so much for the feedback. Thank you so much for being part of this community. Okay, let's get into this week's podcast episode. Today, I wanted to, we're going to talk about mastery. We talked a little bit about this in Growth Studio Week, and I wanted to dig in a little bit more on this today. 
I am. I don't know about you guys. I'm a little bit disoriented by the time change. I know for those of you in the US, clocks went back an hour. And then here in Argentina, they don't move at all. So I am like constantly shifting. I'm like, okay, this meeting is from the US. That goes, move that up one hour. This one's from Argentina. It stays right where it is. Like there's all sorts of funny things like that that happen. And I think people in Europe and in other places of the the world have not even gotten there yet, or they did earlier. I don't remember. It would just be nice if we would all just decide like, this is our time differences throughout the world. We're not going to do daylight savings anymore. I would personally love that. (laughs) So I'm just kind of getting my kind of feedback on the ground with that. The one thing I will say that I do love about it is now it means that on Mondays, when we do Mindset Monday, that the recycling guys have already come and gone. So the dogs should be calm. So let's talk about mastery, shall we? One of my favorite Da Vinci quotes is that one can have no smaller or greater mastery than mastery of oneself. And for me, this is something I think about this a lot because so much of what we do as artists requires just a really intense level of mastery, not just of the skills that we use every day in our studios, but mastery over how we're thinking about our work, how we show up as artists and how we perceive ourselves, our self-concept as an artist. I thought I would break it down a little bit more today and give you something to think about this week as you go into your studio. I think mastery really is, you know, has so much to do with being responsible for who you are as an artist, showing up as your best self, allowing that higher version of yourself to take the lead while you're in the studio and being aware of, but not letting all those other pieces of us that keep us away from mastery to drive the bus. One of the things that that I've been thinking about is part of mastery, I think, is developing the skill of keeping promises to ourselves. And the thing that I've noticed that gets in the way of keeping promises to ourselves is is really understanding resistance and what it is and how it shows up in our studio. When we resist something, we actually are really just kind of avoiding being uncomfortable. And when we resist, we end up prolonging the discomfort. So we might anticipate negative emotions. And when we are anticipating negative emotions, when we're anticipating that I'm not sure if I can do this painting or this might not work out. When we anticipate the negative emotions, we experience them ahead of time. And oftentimes when we do that, when we're experiencing those negative emotions ahead of time, we will will kind of like do what I call little quits. We quit ahead of time to avoid feeling the negative emotions. So I think the easiest example is You know, I think a lot of artists would love to show their work somewhere, whether that's at a gallery, whether that is online, or whether that is in an art competition or something like that. 
But if it's approaching a gallery or in an art competition, many times artists will anticipate they'll be worried about or they'll be anticipating a rejection. And so then in order to avoid that, they will delay submitting their work. They will not submit it all together. They'll do all sorts of things to like avoid. I don't want to, I'm worried about that rejection or I'm worried what people will think. So they will kind of like spin their wheels and prolong the process of either submitting the work to either find out if it's a yes or a no, or they will do something else to just kind of like avoid that feeling of rejection. Another place that I see it show up is in daily practices. So this can be anything like journaling, like daily journaling, keeping an art journal, sketching, daily sketching, even meditation. And often the anticipation there is is that there, it will be uncomfortable as you're starting to create this habit of a daily practice, that there will be times when you don't want to do it and you'll feel that resistance. And you don't want to feel that. So it's kind of like, okay, well, I don't really need to do that or I'll just start it later, or it doesn't really matter if I skip this one day. And so those are sort of examples of quitting these just little tiny quits ahead of time. Most of the time, it's not even, we don't, this is where I think it gets so tricky is we don't even say, We usually don't say, I'm just not going to do it. Oftentimes what we'll do is I'll start it tomorrow. I'll start it next week. Maybe today's not the best day to do it, or I'm not going to do it today, but I will do it tomorrow. So we tell ourselves these little lies and we have these little quits to avoid that feeling. And then the next day, oftentimes once you do it the first time, it just gets easier and easier and easier because it's like, oh, well, I missed it yesterday. Maybe it's not such a big deal if I don't do it today. Sound familiar? ever happened to you? I think this is a big one. And this idea of like anticipating something and then experiencing it ahead of time. I've explained this before to some of you, but to me, this is sort of like the best description I have heard of this, which is like, if you can think about like maybe going to a dentist and the dentist says like, Hey, I'm going to give you a shot. And then they leave the room to go get them. They never just do it. I always find that amazing. They don't just go, okay, I'm going to give you a shot. Boom. They give you the shot. There's always like this gap. And during that gap, if you're anything like me, you're thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get a shot. This is going to hurt. And I can feel my whole body tense up. Like just the idea that like, I'm going to get the shot. I feel my body tense up. I feel all my muscles go stiff. I'll like push back and kind of lean back into my chair. And even as the dentist comes back in and she's preparing her materials or whatever, and she's like getting ready to give me that shot, I'm just like pushing myself back into the chair. So that entire time I am experiencing this intense discomfort. I am playing that video in my head of, I'm going to get a shot and it's going to hurt. I'm going to get a shot and it's going to hurt. And I'm like, my entire body is reacting. And then the dentist comes and gives me the shot. And the actual feeling of it is a little prick. And then it's that's it. It's like half a second. But I had just prolonged it for that entire time, something that really was half a second. And I made it last a very, very long time by resisting it, by imagining how bad it was going to be, and by like just playing that tape over and over and over again inside of my head and creating that massive, for me, <laughs> like it's a super uncomfortable feeling that I have. And 
we do that with our art. We do that with like, oh, this painting, it's not like, I don't know, can I make it work? Is this like, can I create that image? Will I be able to draw it right? Will I get the values right? Am I going to get the colors right? And so like in our head, we create all of this anticipation, which then causes us to like have this like very prolonged experience when in reality, all it really needs to be, if anything, is that experience while you're painting it or at that moment where you're like, you know what, that color is not exactly right. Bummer. Okay, now I'm going to try it again, right? But we make it this big, long thing. So what I'd like to offer you is, you know, part of mastery is changing your entire relationship with resistance by developing the confidence to explore and experience your emotions and take action anyway. So even if there is something that's uncomfortable, you are willing to be uncomfortable while you do this. So this is something that we do in the growth studio in our weekly calls. Like I help artists create new habits by reframing their thinking around what it means to be masterful and together we'll dismantle old habit thoughts that aren't serving you anymore. So it's a very gentle and iterative process because force, like when we try to force something, when we try to push against something, it creates more resistance. So that's an unintended consequence of these old patterns that we have built up when we're avoiding, when we are kind of like leaning into the resistance and using that anticipation and just like, I don't pushing against it. Like, I don't want to feel that. When you push against something, what happens is the response is to push back and it gets stronger. It gets more like the emotion gets even more intense because you're pushing so hard against it. So again, if you think back to that example of the dentist chair, like that resistance that I might have to like, oh my God, this is going to hurt. I don't want to do this. Just gets stronger and stronger and stronger until pop, she does it. And I'm like, wait, what? That was it? The thinking patterns that you currently have that are getting in the way of you being masterful at your art are things that probably started for very, very good reasons. They probably served to protect you in some way, shape, or form, or were offered to you by someone else who maybe thought that it was helpful, and maybe it did help you for a little while. But at this point, a lot of these things that we resist, the thoughts that we have about them, they're more than likely ready to be renewed and reimagined because I kind of think of it this way. The thoughts and ideas that got me to where I am today are not the same ones that will get me to where I want to be. And the way that I know that, the way that that shows up is if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling like you're just spinning your wheels, if you're feeling like you're repeating the same things and not really getting anywhere, it often comes down to that is that it's these old thought patterns, these old ideas that you're approaching your art with. And those got you to where you are today. So super useful. Thank you so much for getting me to where I am today. And now I need to let go of them so that I can bring something new on. So that's why we get stuck. We repeat these old patterns that aren't useful anymore. And so often those patterns are these unexplored, unexamined habit thoughts, these automatic sentences that we have on our heads playing repeat over and over and over again. 
And we're so used to them that we don't even notice that they're there. When you change your relationship with resistance, what happens is you develop the capacity to keep the promises that you make to yourself because you are letting go of these old patterns that you had before, bringing in something new. And what you create for yourself when you're able to do that is you have a more consistent art practice. For example, if you're somebody that's finding that you really, really wish that you could be more consistent in your art, most likely what's keeping you from that are just these old thought patterns that you're not even like, you're just so used to thinking them that that you don't even notice them. You'll be able to create more without hesitating or second guessing yourself. You will be able to trust your intuition. When you keep your promises to yourself, when you develop this part of mastery, what happens is you teach yourself, you teach your brain that, yes, I am trustworthy. Yes, I am dependable. When I say I'm going to do something, I do it. You generate a solid belief in your self-concept of you as an artist. You always have your own back. Part of having your own back is you will also say no more often to things that you don't want to do. You'll be more conscious of the things like, I want this. I don't want that. This will get me the results that I want. This is a distraction. I'm going to say yes to this and no to that. And you'll also, you just like get so much more discerning about what you say yes and what you say no to so that you have more time to spend in your studio. You have more time to do the things that you actually want to do. Another piece of this is in the commitment to mastery that I wanted to talk to you about that's really related to this idea of understanding resistance and how pushing against it only strengthens it. Another commitment that we can make to mastery is, this is a big one, is expanding your tolerance for uncomfortable feelings. So this kind of goes along with what I was just talking about. We typically have, we human beings, (laughs) it's not just artists, the typical human being has a very low tolerance for uncomfortable feelings. Feelings like tedium or boredom, impatience, confusion, fear, these are all things that we have a very low tolerance for. And when we experience them, we immediately want to make it stop. We want to change the subject. We want to do something different. We want to like, I don't want to feel that. So I'm not going to do whatever it is that I think is causing me to feel that, right? So when we expand our ability to sit in discomforts, we are able to do more because we don't allow discomfort to be the thing that stands in our way. I think that somehow we have sort of adopted the notion that feeling uncomfortable is bad and that we should avoid it. And there are a lot of very good reasons why we might believe that feeling uncomfortable is bad. But the problem with believing that we shouldn't have to feel negative emotions or that negative emotions are bad is because when we buy into this idea, when we buy into that belief that that we shouldn't have to feel negative emotions or that feeling negative emotions is bad, then that belief will cause us to avoid doing things that we perceive as making us feel those emotions. So again, turning your work into a gallery, facing the possibility of being rejected, 
putting your work somewhere that you've never put it before, learning a new technology so that you can get your work out in front of more people. All of those things, if we think that experiencing the discomfort that it takes for us in order to do that is bad, then we won't make the effort to do it. It's like we think we're entitled to feel amazing all of the time. And the thing is, is that our low tolerance for discomfort conflicts with our desire for mastery. Mastery requires you to do things that you are unfamiliar with. Before you are able to be masterful at something, you will go through various stages of being a beginner. And as a beginner, you will experience confusion as you find your way around, as you discover your process, as you create and practice your skills, as you try and adjust and try and adjust and try and adjust, you will experience the discomfort of fear, possibly. You will experience impatience and boredom as you practice, 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 and continually work your way towards mastery. So these are the things that we have to be willing to do, willing to create, willing to sit there and experience that discomfort And all of those emotions as you learn something with every single attempt that you make. And this can be mastering a skill like drawing or, you know, mastering the traditional skills of being an artist. So drawing and color and composition and value and all the techniques that you might be using or the materials that you might be using. And this cycle can also happen within a single painting where you are trying something new in a painting and you are doing something that you haven't done before, you, you're going to feel uncomfortable as you do it because it's not something that is practiced and that you have that sort of like mental, I want to call it muscle memory. It's like muscle memory and mental memory that like we know exactly what to do. We know what's coming. We have the experience and the mastery to be able to just like pop, pop, pop right through it versus as a beginner, Every single one of those like things that that we just kind of fly through when we've mastered something, every single step of those when you are learning it or trying something for the new time for the first time is something that you're actively thinking about, like your cognition, all of that is coming into practice. And it feels difficult because you've never done it before. So that's the part that's uncomfortable. So many people start to feel impatient and they use that impatience as an excuse to quit or to stop practicing that particular thing, to switch to something different, to switch to a different medium, to switch to a different subject matter because this is uncomfortable. So because it's uncomfortable, they think something has gone wrong and oftentimes nothing has gone wrong. It's just you learning to become masterful at it And you learning that this is a thing that you being willing to feel the discomfort that it takes for you to become masterful at it and continue to do the work, even though you feel uncomfortable while you are doing it. That is a skill that is a requirement for mastery is to be able to be very uncomfortable as you learn these things, as you learn these skills, and as you practice your mastery. So it's like this idea of it's not fun, 
but it's necessary. It's not fun to look at a painting that you just spent all this time on and it's not exactly what you wanted, but it's required of you if you want to become masterful at your work. In our weekly coaching calls inside a growth studio, I teach artists how to be with and process these feelings, all of them, the good ones and the bad ones. We actually sometimes often have a hard time processing good emotions as well as bad emotions. We celebrate the wins, we embrace all the goodness, and we allow the emotions that maybe sometimes we just wish we didn't have to feel, that we could just bypass them, fast forward, skip over. One of the desires that I hear a lot from artists is that they want to be able to convey more emotion in their work. They want to move people. They want people to, they want to evoke a feeling when people look at their paintings. And so what I want to offer you is that it's really hard to do that when we are unwilling to allow and process our own emotions. The more intimate we are with our full range of emotions, not just the good and the bad ones, the more we are able to do that, the more range of emotions that we have to paint with. A lot of us have a very limited awareness of our emotions. And that's because we're so often we are taught not to have them or not to show them or we're made to believe that having emotions is somehow a sign of weakness. It's a sign of being unhinged. It's all these things, right? So because of that, that's part of like, I think, especially in the United United States, maybe like I'm very biased when it comes to that, right? But I think that's why so most people, so many of us, most people can only name really three emotions and that's happy, sad, and pissed off. But as humans, we are so much more nuanced than that. And we have this amazing spectrum of emotions to experience, emotions to create with, and emotions to evoke with our art. The more willing you are to experience your full spectrum of emotions, the more nuanced and powerful and expressive you can be with your own work. I kind of like to think of it as like, these are like, the more emotions that we can access inside of us, it is like having a full palette to paint with. The more you are willing to experience your full spectrum of emotions, the less power they have over you. As you become more masterful experiencing your emotions, you become powerful. You become unstoppable because there's nothing that you are unwilling to feel. There's nothing you're unwilling to experience because you know that it's an emotion and an emotion is simply a vibration in your body. So when you're willing to experience discomfort on purpose, knowing that it can't harm you, when you are no longer afraid of feeling uncertain, confused, impatient, rejected, bored, disappointed, judged, misunderstood, uncomfortable, when you are willing to experience any of those, all of those, and whatever else is between you and creating what you want, then nothing can stop you. You won't hesitate to post your work. You won't hesitate to submit your work to a hundred galleries in order to find the two or three that are the perfect fit for you and your work. You will start and finish that series that you've been wanting to paint. You will make more time 
for your studio. You will make your studio painting time, your artwork, your priority. You will take risks and you will be bold in your subject and your process. You will not be afraid to fail forward, to try and fail and try and fail and try and fail because you'll understand that it doesn't hurt you. It only makes you a more competent, masterful artist. You will paint more. You will learn more. You will express yourself more. You will open yourself up to bigger opportunities. You will master you and all of us will benefit from you having done that. The pursuit of mastery, I think, is a long, long journey. And mastery of yourself is no joke. It is one of the most rewarding, powerful, fulfilling gifts that you can give yourself, but it's no joke. (laughs) It takes commitment and practice and the willingness to be extremely uncomfortable along the way. It's not a box that you just do once, check off, and then you're done. There's no magic formula and nobody else can do it for you. But I consider it my honor and my privilege to walk alongside the artists that I work with in Growth Studio who are on this journey. And I'm able to guide them and show them the path, help them reroute when they choose to explore, or if they're looking for a different way of doing things. That's what we're all about there. But they are the ones who commit to the journey, and they are the ones who take the steps, and they are the ones who show up every single day and recommit to their dream every single day. That, I think, is what mastery is. So here's a few things that I want to offer you to practice this week. At the end of the day, just notice what feelings or emotions did you experience today? Just at the end of every single day, just take a little like a little card, a little post-it note. If you have a journal, it's just a really, really quick exercise. It doesn't have to be big deal, but just get yourself in the habit of naming your emotions. And I would, to make it really, really easy, I would just get in the habit of writing down two or three so that you just start to notice and name them. And then like I would write down two or three, these are just two or three emotions that I felt today. That simple, bullet point. Today's emotion, the date, bullet point, one, two, three, three emotions that I noticed that I felt today. And then if there was an emotion that you did not want to feel or you tried to avoid, then just jot that one down too. So for this exercise, don't spend more than five minutes on it. Just make it super fast and easy. Just You're just going to write down today's date, like header, today's feelings, the date and bullet point, two or three emotions. And then underneath that, write, I wanted to avoid dot, 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 and then write the feeling of the one emotion there. And if it's one that you had mentioned above, that's totally fine. Fair game. All we're doing here is just taking the very first step of awareness, which is huge. It's simple, but a very, very powerful exercise for you. Whenever you're ready, if you want to dive deeper into self-mastery, you can always go to SavvyPainter.com forward slash join. I can help you and we would love, love, love to see you inside. That is what I have for you this week. Embrace those emotions. All right, friends. Talk to you soon. Ciao, ciao. When you are aware of how powerful your mind is, you show up to your studio differently. You notice the abundant opportunities to level up your presence in the studio. And when you do that, 
you stop worrying about whether or not you have a voice because you know it was already there. Now your best work comes more easily. Join Growth Studio now. I show you your blind spots and help you create confidently. Just go to SavvyPainter.com forward slash join.